Welcome, everyone. It is the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodhart alongside Cameron Klein back here in the FGP studios in Newtown, Pennsylvania. It's not that hot anymore. It's been kind of cooling off the last couple of days. I mean, it's going to be back to 96 in no time. I've already yeah. looked at the weather report. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure, right? We're Something comfortable like tonight. It's actually very, very comfortable in here. And uh, I'll bring in my co-host right now. Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm good, dude. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I want to get into oh, this boy. immediately, and I just want to um, make it very, very known about one thing. Um, when we do these shows, we normally have like a couple of minutes where we just kind of like, you know, sh- shoot the shoot the shit with one another. Yeah. And, you know, it's just friends, you know, catching up from yes. a week and everything. And um, as I was driving over here, I'm not going to get into the details of like, you know, what's happened to me today, but I do want to firstly say that uh, I feel like every time I come over here, I, I can only hope that you're always like, oh, what's Justin got for me this time? Like, what, what's happening? A lot of times. I feel like there's yeah. a, always something yeah. that's going on that it feels like a, it's straight out of Seinfeld. It does feel like I, I, I live you, a Seinfeld yeah. life. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I'm yelling at someone because they park next to me in a, in, in a um, in the post office parking lot. That's one of my favorite stories to reference you as. Whenever <laughs> people ask it like about it, I'm like, yeah, he's he, the reason I like him is because he just – he just addresses things. He just goes at it. He doesn't really care. Um, and it's one of my favorite stories where somebody parked next to you in an empty parking lot and you address the person. It was it was egregious. It yep. was a terrible decision. <laughs> I will stand by that to no end. Uh, sometimes we find things about out about me. Uh, Kendis Butler recently teased uh, me about the fact that I don't yeah. like ice cream cake. Um, she she yeah. goes, I remember that episode. She goes, and you're still a psychopath for not liking uh, I, ice cream To cake. me, it's not a psycho thing that you don't like it. To me, it's a psycho thing for you to say that it's a bad dessert. That's insane. I said it was overrated. I said it was Maybe o- it was. Yeah, I, it's been a while. I haven't listened <laughs> I to actually, it. I, honestly, I forget what I say as well. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. But um, uh, that out of that out of the way, you know, maybe one day I will make an unfiltered podcast talking about some of our. Because uh, I mean, Cameron's not short on stories himself. No, you have. I guess not. You're not. Uh, I'm just a lot more candid about what I'll share. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and it's not that I won't share. I guess it just doesn't really come up in conversation. Um, before we go into, I guess, the the fun parts of the show, I do just want to say I was thinking about this all day. Um, Heart goes out to Bobby Ryan. Uh, a lot yeah, of people see, I, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's obviously been very vocal about his battle with alcoholism and uh, had a little bit of a relapse. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, it's affected – that type of thing has affected me personally. Uh, not alcoholism in general, but it mm-hmm. affected my family in ways. Um, and I just want to say, you know, Bobby, if you're listening, I doubt you are, but if you are, um, we love you. And uh, everything's going to be okay. The reason why you fall down. Why do we fall, Bruce? To get to learn, back up. To learn how to get back yeah. up. So – you're gonna get back up, Bobby. You're gonna be all right. I uh, I did see that, and you know, it, it was just awesome to see like the amount of support that he clearly yeah. has from the community. Yeah, it was very cool. I, I'm very happy to see that. But what I'll um, also say is that you know, for those who struggle with alcoholism, I do think it's also important that they, you know, someone like him, you know, he's an NHLer, a famous yeah. person, man that's made a lot of money. It doesn't matter how, wh- what your status is, what you do, how much money you make. Addiction is addiction, and it plagues everyone. So I think it's yeah. I think it's wonderful the way that he's not afraid to talk about his issues yeah. Yeah, yeah. because I think it can give a lot of cur- uh, uh, courage and bravery to other people to face their demons and try and overcome that that stuff. So yeah, yeah. I do genuinely applaud Bobby Ryan for doing that. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about um, like 
training camp's open, Cameron. It is it is football time. Oh, yeah. We're hearing about how great people look. Everything is being blown out of proportion. Oh, yeah. It's the hot take. It's hot take season, baby. My, my favorite thing to think about when training camp opens up for the football is um, last year, and me, myself, was one of these people. Mm-hmm. I've been into the hype. You know, Jamar Chase here, I heard he can't catch. He, the, 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 the stripe on the football, yeah. you know, or something yeah. like that. The NFL football is harder to hey, see well, than Well, then he football. started catching, and he started catching a lot. And he's now, like, my favorite so, wide receiver in football. He's fantastic. Um, Actually, really quick. Yeah? I learned my draft selection, right, for fantasy, one of them. Yeah. You had a choice. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I'm taking I'm taking Jamar Chase. Okay. Yeah. I think Jefferson. There's no wrong answer. I think there's Jefferson's no wrong a great pick. But uh, I think Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in football. That's fair. I th- I'm so high on that kid. I think I think he's a future Hall of Famer. I think my only fear is the f- is the fantasy aspect where the Bengals are they got they got to me more weapons than Minnesota. Really, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, you know players yeah. like that. You yeah, think, you think Thielen Thielen's getting old. Dalvin Cook's getting hurt a lot. <laughs> you know, I guess that's true. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, you know what, Tyreek Hill called uh, Tua Tungavailoa the most accurate quarterback in football. Again, he did that. I think he, I, 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 like, I, I'm wondering, I'm like, did he forget that he said that already? Because <laughs> he did say that like, a couple months ago. Now, here's It's the, just the year of players gassing what, up their teammates. What like, do you make of, you know, do you have an issue with him saying that? Do you think it's fine? Do you, do you wish that he would keep his mouth shut and stuff like that? No, I mean, like, I, I think it's fine. He's, he's gassing up his teammate, you know, he's, he's, telling him that he's great. He's, Tua has been riddled and ridiculed by the media for I don't really understand why. I mean, I'm not saying he's an amazing quarterback. I'm not saying he's a tier one, top tier quarterback. I'm not even saying he's a top tier two quarterback. But, um, you know, I don't think he's as t- nearly as terrible as people act. They act like he's a bum and that he sucks. When, when you look at his statistics, he actually looks fine. 13-8 and eight as a starter with yeah. Miami. Yeah. You know, not great, but you know, and also you also don't understand he had the worst offensive line of football. He still, despite that, had the quickest release of any quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the fact that his apparently head coach didn't do him every, any head favor, any favors for the first two years of his career. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's fine because I think Ty- Tyreek is simply trying to instill confidence back into him and be like, dude, you know who you are. Don't let anybody else Tell and, you what you are. I'll tell you what you hey, are. Hey, you know what? I'm fine with it. So I'm that's fi- cool. I'm fine with him saying it. I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone's going to question whether Tyreek Hill thinks that Patrick Mahomes is a worse quarterback than Tua Tungavailoa. However, Devontae Adams seemingly yeah. calling Derek Carr a Hall of Fame quarterback along with Aaron Rodgers. That one was kind of an interesting comment. That one was. I Because I'm a Derek Carr guy. I like Derek Carr. I'm a Devontae Adams guy and Me an Aaron Rodgers guy. I, but I when, just when I don't I, know if I throw him in the Hall of Fame. Derek Devontae. Carr is in, right now, he's in the Hall of Average to Good. Yeah, I would say he's a good. I, I I'm he, on the camp that Derek Carr is a good quarterback. He is a good. I, would I take on the Eagles? Yeah, with this receiving core. Yeah, I think Absolutely. Derek Carr could do wonders Absolutely. with this Eagles core. Yes, um, I agree. He's not a Hall of Famer, and I don't think he'll ever be a Hall of Famer. Right. If Philip, if I'll tell you this, if Tony Romo's not a Hall of Famer, if Donovan McNabb's not a Hall of Famer, and there's been question like, oh, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? If they're not Hall of Famers, Derek Carr's not a Hall of Famer, and it's yeah, it's, no, like end no. of discussion. Zach Thomas is not a Hall of Famer. Sorry, Derek. Yeah, come it, on. Yeah. Um, so, all of that is to say that there is gassing. Hell, there's gassing. <laughs> to today, Nick Sirianni was wearing a Jalen Hurts T-shirt at the start of practice, which was the biggest buzz thing on WIP today. 
I don't know why, why we care about that. Yeah, no. He's, he's again. He's gassing up his guy. He's supporting his homeboy. He, he loves to have what's, fun like that. Is what's it, wrong with he, that? Didn't he wear a beat Dallas shirt last year? Like I don't. I don't. To care me, that was cringy because it was like it was like uh, what is it? Pandering. I guess that would argue is more as pandering. But yeah. this is like this no, is a quarterback I mean, that he's. It was worse when we lost fifty-one to twenty-one. That's that's true. Um, but no, like this is this is just the thing of like this is the guy that he's coaching. You want your head coach to have a good relationship with your quarterback. Mm-hmm. So this is him saying like you know. I'm, and we already know I'm that they're my boy. They're, they're friends. You know, AJ yeah, Brown. AJ, AJ Brown loves Jalen Hurts. I, I'm excited for this fact that Jalen Hurts has playing experience with both Devontae Smith and AJ Brown from back in the day. Right. And so I just think that's awesome. I think that that's going to help him. I think AJ Brown is going to yeah. help elevate Jalen Hurts greatly. Yeah. Oh yeah. AJ Brown. A receiver like that. They. Do. I don't know where you would put AJ Brown in terms of where he fits. In. I think he is a. I think he's probably ninth or tenth best. Wide receiver in football. Yeah, like if there's like tier one, which would be like the top five, I'd probably put him tier two. And that's only because Definitely he's, tier two. I would say because he's more injury prone. Tier really one what for does me goes as follows. I have um, I have Chris Godwin. I have uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. You're, you're leading with Chris Godwin. Well, he's not number one. Oh, one. he's I just in the tier. I, okay, I, I just right. think I really like Chris Godwin. Well, yeah, he I'm also, also a Penn State. State. I'm a Penn yeah, State right. fan. Yeah. Um, tier two. No, yeah, Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams. Dude, do you put Cooper Cup in there? Tier one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. After last year, 100%. I understand. Okay. I mean. Dude, he wasn't the only receiver on that team, and look what he did. I know. I know. All right. Robert Woods didn't get hurt. What am I talking about? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. But they also had, you know, Deshaun Jackson for a big chunk of that season. They also had Odell Beckham Jr. But, for a big I mean, chunk they weren't of that really, season. They don't, well, Odell didn't come to Well, they later. didn't throw to him? Why? They weren't, because Cooper Cup was getting open so goddamn much. I mean, right? also, Jackson just wasn't getting open all Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's a dinosaur, um, but still. But speaking of quarterbacks. Everyone's talking about it in Arizona. Kyler yeah. Murray gets the big, big money deal. Yes. $230 million. Yep. A bunch of that's guaranteed. Yeah. And then the report comes out that Kyler Murray, one of the contractual obligations and caveats to all this money is he needs to watch four hours mm-hmm. of film per week. They got him to they got him and the agent to agree to that. That's a problem. Like all right, To what? It, to what what are you to the f- film thing. Like oh, well, the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah, yeah. they oh, that's kind of them acknowledging that Yeah, for those who don't know, there there's a stipulation in his contract that he has to watch 4 hours of game film a week. And yeah, what you're pointing out is like why do you have to have that in the contract? That should be something like do you think that would if if they tried to get I don't know, Tom Brady to agree to that, Brady would be like Oh, there's a clip that's going around of Brady talking about how he sits in a room at his own house and watches 4 to 5 hours of film a, a day. day. Yeah, they're asking for four hours a week. That a even, week. That doesn't even feel like that much. It's not. Is that even enough to like prep for a game? For a quarterback? No. no. It's re- it's ridiculous. This is insane. So t- this goes to well, all. It's not insane, but it's just like that's no, just it's a bad, insa- no, it's insane. No, it's a bad insane. contract. It's a bad contract for the Cardinals. No, but like you've heard this stuff. But like, like for example, the Jamarcus Russell tape. You hear about that story? Yes, I know about the Jamarcus Russell. So tape. for those that don't know, uh, the Oakland Raiders were a little nervous. They didn't necessarily know if their number one overall pick was uh, doing a lot of homework. So they decided, hey, Jamarcus, we're going to give you a tape. It's on game film. Um, watch it. Tell us what you think. And he goes, okay, I will. And then he came back, and they're like, what do you think? And he was like, oh, I thought it was good. Blah blah blah. Here are my comments. And uh, the tape didn't have anything on it. <laughs> they gave him a blank tape. And he commented on what he apparently learned from the blank tape, and this just to me just reeks of that. That's you know what <laughs> I can only imagine <laughs> Dude, when Jamarcus found out about that. What his he must have been like, man, they they got me, they got me. Yeah, no, apparently he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. At this point now, he's like, you know, whatever. So here's my question: If you are so concerned, and listen, Kyle Murray's a good talent in football. Yeah, very oh, super talented. I. 
so don't believe in him as a quarterback. After hearing this, yeah, there's a lot of doubt. I already didn't. I After yeah. the way the Cardinals fell apart at the end of last year and then yeah. the way that he played against the Rams in that playoff game, I was so out. On, I've been so out on Kyler Murray ever since. I don't even care if he beats the Eagles this season. I still think he sucks. In, in a, in a, in a, in not in a – from a talent aspect, he's a great athlete. He can make all the throws that you need him to, but so could Jamarcus Russell. But so could Ryan Leaf. The intangibles. The factors that you need for a franchise quarterback. You know why – I like Jalen Hurts so much. He's not the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. His arm isn't exactly the best throwing to his left, and he doesn't exactly read defenses all that well. But you know what he does? He dedicates himself, and you can see how much he is trying to get better, how much time he puts in the weight room. He doesn't post 20-second Instagram videos like Ben Simmons does, shooting free throws. He's out there lifting weights, throwing footballs, getting the band together in the receiving core, going out. Kyler Murray is every bit as talented plus times 10 over Jalen Hurts. He doesn't seem to really care that much. So if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you've had him in the locker room for a couple years, and already there's been contract disputes and he you know, wanted to leave Arizona, but then he didn't want to leave Arizona. Why are you giving him this contract? This is a disaster waiting to happen. I, I don't know. To me, he sells. I, everything you just said, I think, is you pretty much nailed it. I really do. Yeah. I mean, someone described him recently as he seems like a fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants quarterback where, like you said, he has all the talent in the world. Um, but when it comes to, you know, playing, it seems like there are moments where he's just kind of running around trying to buy himself time until somebody gets open rather than, you know, like a lot of these great quarterbacks do. They have a, a game plan. They get mm-hmm. rid of the ball quick. They know exactly what they're doing. When option A doesn't work, option they go to option B. When that doesn't work, they go to option C. When that doesn't work, they go to option D. They just know exactly what to expect and what to do. And Kyler Murray just kind of seems to snap the ball, and he's just like, all right, here we go. I wonder what's going to happen. The whole You, you don't give that guy $230 million. What's the quote he had about DeAndre Hopkins on the, on the Hail Mary? F it. He's down there somewhere. Yeah. Do you, I, do you guys not think that's what he does for a lot of right, the time? Right, right. Like at the time – that quote was like legendary because it was yeah. a game-winning walk-off hail mary. Right, but now looking back, just kind of like, yeah, how often does he say "f it"? D hops down there somewhere because let's not let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, you know, he's got the PED thing going on right now. But DeAndre Hopkins, for me, he's in that tier one. He's he's close. I mean, the last couple of years, he was before it, the whole injury stuff, and now the PED stuff. The guy is an animal. He's he's an animal. Glad Bill O'Brien traded him. Good decision, man. Yes, smart, yeah, really good. So. That's this is all to say this. Who in terms of quarterback preparation, who do you think in our generation is the best quarterback in terms of prep we ever watched? Oh, Tom Brady. You think Tom Brady? Not even close. I think it's Peyton Manning. I think in terms of Fair. how Peyton Manning read a defense, how many audibles yeah. would Peyton Manning make at the line because he knew what the defense was. Now Brady's the same way. Yeah, they're you, both they're both the same. You cut could from make the same cloth. you could yeah. make the perfect argument for both. I yeah. loved Peyton Manning because you look back at the the tapes and he talks about the preparation, how he studies hard, how he works hard, and just like the way that he runs the practices and how the offensive line is to st- <laughs> be in that stance for twenty seconds while Peyton Manning is just calling this, that, and the other. Yeah. Now, Tom Brady is every bit as that, and he's got seven Super Bowls, so he's a better quarterback all time than Peyton Manning. And, and that's the reason why I would give him the edge is because, like, dude, like, he – to me, nobody understands the game of football mm-hmm. better than Tom Brady. And I think Brady nobody has – I'd say he has the better arm all time than Manning. Yeah. Manning, I always thought, like, you know, he, yeah. he could throw it down the field, but I always thought Brady – I mean, Brady does have a very good way of getting the ball down the field. Yeah. When you, when you go back and you watch some of those Randy Moss tapes – Whew. I mean, dude, he just let it fly. He, uh, t- 
you know what? That's a situation where you go, F it, Randy's down there somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. that's Randy Moss we're talking mm-hmm. about. Maybe mm-hmm. the greatest receiver ever. Yeah, which again, that's another, uh, Randy Moss is one of my, my prime athletes of, that's a guy who sold his soul to the devil. Him, Dan Marino. Two guys sold their souls to the devil. They devil came into them and said, I will make you the greatest athlete in your position ever. But you're never and they were just win. like, but he didn't say that. He didn't tell them that. They were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, signed it. And didn't read said, the fine print. Mm, but you're never going to get that ring. That's be great, the best. I mean, it's crazy because I think anyone will tell you, you look back at the 80s and the 90s, anyone will tell you, oh, the greatest quarterback of all is Joe Montana. I mean, look at all, look at all that he did. No, not and even then, close. And Joe Montana was a great, great quarterback. He also had Bill Walsh as his coach. And Bill Walsh is maybe the greatest stratus, uh, you know, uh, stratus. Man, strategist, Jesus. Yeah, strategist. In yeah. terms of offensive game planning that the NFL had ever seen. You also had Jerry Rice. You also had Jerry Rice. That's all good to have. Yeah. F it, Jerry's down there somewhere. Yeah, Jerry was an, an animal. And then Dan Marino, you know. Dude, it, dude it, there's no comparison. I'm sorry, but there's no comparison. Good, Dan he, Marino took the quarterback records of the time and shattered them. Shattered them and held on to them. For 20-some years, the rules of the game had to change in order for them to be beaten. You put Dan Marino in this NFL, he's shattering every record again. I think if you put Dan Marino in today's NFL, he's the odds-on favorite to win MVP every season. Oh, yeah. And there's always going to be like a a question of, like, oh, who would you rather have, Patrick Mahomes or Dan Marino? Yeah, like, Marino. Um, but just to give you guys an idea. Marino wasn't a little bitch. Okay, Mar- he could take a hit. He could from, be a man. Uh, between 1984 to 1986, he had three consecutive years of throwing for over 4,000 yards. The best statistical season he had was his second season. 84. 84. 5,084 yards, 48 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. And and he beat a the quarterback w- rating of 108.9. Yeah, he beat the, the touchdown record, I think, by like, what? 16 touchdowns? It was it was a stupid number that he beat him it, by. It's it was like I think 32 before, maybe 33. He shattered that. I don't even know what the re- the the passing yards. I don't think that anybody had even touched 4000. He shattered it by 5000. It's ridiculous. And then you look back it's at ridiculous. that Miami Dolphins team. Yeah. You look at Name like, another player on that team. Uh Mark Clayton. Um Right. Uh uh I Duper, Duper was there. Yeah. Who the hell was their running back? That, exactly. They even I don't know if they even ran the ball that year. Uh, yeah. Let me look at the stats. Let me um Yeah. My okay, point, so, my point exactly. So leading the team in running that year was Woody Bennett. He ran for six hundred and six yards on hundred and forty four attempts. And then in terms of receiving, Mark Clayton with seventy three catches, thirteen hundred yards, Mark Duper with seventy one catches, thirteen hundred yards, and then a drop off to Tony Nathan with sixty one catches, five hundred and seventy nine yards. It was and you've been on record with saying that you think that you know without Dan Marino, the the Mark the Mark brothers are uh... like they're good. They're good. They're good receivers. That's it, though. They're good. Without Marino, you know, in the, in the, so you think you, you, put them, their name? you put them with like Ron Jaworski? The same stuff's not happening with Ron Jaworski. No. Yeah. Are would, you kidding me? I'm not really kidding. I was no. just I was just thinking of a name that wasn't Joe Montana from that. John Elway. You think John Elway can have the same success? No. John Elway, he like makes him look good. John Elway was clutch. That's the thing about John. In Elway, his early days, he was very good. He showed up when he absolutely needed him the most. He was like the avatar, the opposite of the avatar. He showed up when he needed him the most. <laughs> but other than that, his individual stats—they were—they were good. They were very, very good. They were great. They were of an elite quarterback, but they just weren't—they weren't the same. 
as Marino's level. Let's be real. No, and at the end of his career, I mean, it was obviously Terrell Davis that was carrying John Elway to those two Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, you know, one of the sh- shortest-lived just – I mean, talk about a supernova of running backs. Terrell right? Davis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just Chris, burned bright, I think, but he burned out I think quick. of Chris Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. Terrell Davis. Yeah. Um. Uh, there's another one. Oh, there was a um, – oh, my goodness gracious. What team? I think the Rams. Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson. Yes. Steven Jackson. Another he was a very, one. very good one. Yeah. You know, we are getting – this is how excited I am about football. I just – I could talk about this. Oh, I know, dude. I'm so ready for football. That's a great topic. Running backs that just burn out almost as soon as they were here. I think Chris Johnson is the generation's – our generation's best example. Yeah, that's a good one. Like – I mean, it happens a lot. But, yeah, there are certain ones where it's like they had three or four seasons where they were looking like the best running back ever. Mm-hmm. And then just gone. Which is that position. It just happens. I mean, you, I mean, Adrian take, Peterson's an anomaly. Yeah. I mean, LaShawn McCoy probably had the average – prime for an NFL running back. He, I would say, yeah. He was great from 2010 to 2015. Mm-hmm. And then he had a slow, He started to have a decline. He still had put up good numbers. And now, you know, at the end of his career, he was just, you know, coattail, you know, riding coattails to Super Bowls. Good for him. No, he deserved it. Yeah, he did. He I, I wanted yeah. him to win a ring. Yeah. You know who else had a kind of... I don't like that. I hate to say it. Hmm. Brian Westbrook. Yeah, I, I haven't he, looked at his... What I always loved about Brian Westbrook... For me, growing up, was he was the first running back that was that dual threat. I know he wasn't the first, but just for me, the everyone called him a, some. I remembered someone referring to him as a poor man's Marshall Falk, and because okay. Marshall Falk was probably the greatest dual threat running back, yeah, I ever watched. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Brian Westbrook, blech, Brian Westbrook, he burst onto the scene in 04 as the Eagles feature back. They didn't I don't, stop me if you've heard this before. Andy Reid didn't like to run the ball a whole lot. <laughs> He ran the ball only 177 times that year as the Eagles feature back, 812 yards for four and a half yards plus per carry. And then Damn. he battled some injuries in 2005. 2006, 240 carries, 1,200 yards. He had seven touchdowns. He caught the ball 77 times for 700 yards. Yeah, that's Two, a lot back then. 2007 was the year for Brian Westbrook. 278 carries for 1,333 yards. He had 90 catches, which to this day – is still the most catches by an Eagles player of all time. Right. 90 catches for 700 yard, 770 yards and Wait, five like touchdowns. Wait, uh, Eagles player, not running back? Player. Player. No wow. Eagles player has ever caught more than Holy Brian shit. Westbrook in a season. And then his in 2008, 900 yards, four yards a carry. He had another, you know, 50 yards. He had 442 catches for his career. All-purpose yards, he blows well past eleven thousand yards. Yeah, he's like he's like you know him and Darren Sproles are like you know birds of a feather. Yeah, yeah. but Westbrook was like Darren Sproles is kind of a smaller guy, so like you look at him and you're just like, okay, yeah, I see that. Whereas Westbrook was built to me like a like a running back. He was he like he was short, thick. He could run through people. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's what probably but he could move. That's what led to his injury problems in 09. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he never really recovered from that. Again, that's that position. It's just, it's unforgiving. It's unfortunate. But you know what he is great at, great at though? Hmm. Being accommodating when you're working for him. Super nice guy. The nicest guy I ever Super met nice working guy. for 97.5. When he bought me dinner that night, I, I, I was like, you know, I already knew this guy was like my favorite eagle growing up. But now, like, Brian Westbrook. My favorite eagle bought me dinner. That's yeah. that. That was the icing on the cake. Yeah, super nice guy. Another guy, another former eagle who to me is one of my favorite stories to tell. Uh, Jason Avon. 
Oh yeah, super Jason, nice guy. Very nice guy. Working in an event, Parks Casino. We, you know, we're just the we're just the crew. You know, we're just putting stuff together. We're not doing anything. We're just a bunch of nerds that want to get into sports media. And as we're putting everything away, you know, the sound crew is what we do. We put stuff away, and we're putting back into the vans. Guess who comes out with us to help us load the van? Jason, Jason Avant. Avant. I remember and you telling me the story. Jason, you don't have to do this. You're the town. And he said, No, no, no. We're all a team here. What well, a guy. They don't. They just don't. They just didn't keep the right people at that station. It's I, I mean, it just what a guy. What a guy. Loved him. Every Loved time him. I hear that story, Great person. it's just awesome. We got so far off of task. We but, did. But it's fine because this is the exciting time. You know, we're talking yeah. about Kyler Murray's contract situation. We're talking about, uh, you know, oh, what's Carson Wentz going to look like in Washington? Uh, it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> still so weird. What's Matt? I'm expecting 26 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 3,500 yards, and they're not going to make the playoffs. I think statistically he'll be fine. I think he's going to have some boneheaded plays that cost them games. That they I think he's win. exactly. He's I think going to when fumble you, the ball where he shouldn't. I think Washington fans are not going to like him. I think other people are on the outside looking in are going to be like, but he looked at he looked fine because they're only looking at his numbers, and they're not actually watching. If you the guy. want the if you want the perfect consummate Carson Wentz game, go back and watch his highlights versus Jacksonville in that season finale. I have never seen a man implode the way that he did that day. Yeah, yeah. with everything to play for, playing an awful Jacksonville team. The man imploded and on himself. I, Stuff. I, it was stuff. I enjoyed every moment of it because I just felt like Philly needed that. I think they needed that to know that. Yeah, they were right. They were right. They won the trade. You did. Oh, we absolutely. You, you definitely you give up won on the, the guy. Oh, you're in. Yeah, you definitely won the trade. Yeah. And then Washington gives away two third round picks, which is like what? Yeah, I don't know what I, it's better than a first. At least, you know, it's at least better than a first. <laughs> it's better than the first. And what did yeah. we do with that first-round pick? We helped use that to get to trade for A.J. Brown. So, A.J. Brown yeah. now wearing number 11 in Philadelphia. It always comes – it always finds a way to come full, full circle. circle. That's cool. Like, I always think about – I forgot that he was wearing number 11. I always think about the Sam Bradford <laughs> trade. Here's my favorite thing. Yeah. It's my favorite one. Yeah. The Eagles send Sam Bradford and get a first and fourth-round pick back. They then have to have a coin toss with the Minnesota Vikings to determine if they'll have the 14th pick or the 15th pick. Okay. They win the coin toss, they get the 14th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. Who do they draft in the 2017 NFL Draft? Derek Barnett. What does Derek Barnett go on to do? He ends up going to have a huge strip sack of Case strip Keenum sack. against the Vikings yeah. in the NFC Championship game that basically ensures the fact that Eagles are going to keep the mo- their momentum, go into the Super Bowl, then he's going to recover the fumble stripped by Brandon Graham to ensure the Eagles winning a Super Bowl. And I'm thinking the entire time, what if the Vikings kept that 14th overall pick? Would they have taken... Derek Barnett. Yeah. Because maybe they would have. They were big on building their defensive line at the time. They had great pieces in Everson Griffin, and there was some big fat man that's really good. <laughs> what the hell was his name? I got to look that up now. You can yeah, see, just I a spe- fat guy? Just <laughs> I, he's fat. He's very good. He's like a Vince Wilfork type uh, of guy. Okay. All right. Yeah. But yeah. Like, which, which one's Wilfork? How much did he weigh? Uh, too much, but he was damn good at like what he did. It was almost 400 pounds, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great, but and he moved people like he did. He, he was the one well. that moved the offensive lineman back into Mark Sanchez to start the butt fumble. Yeah, he, you see him; he just pushes the guy oh, right yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, come on. In, in defense of that offensive lineman, I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, there's not a whole lot. You, you got a do. cement truck coming at you, Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph. <sighs> he was a gr- he was really good on the team. Daniel Hunter, Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin on that defensive line for Minnesota. That's yeah, a strong line. Thirty-eight to seven. That's they had a strong all. defense. They've had a strong defense for a while. They had a strong defense for a while. Yeah, it's not the same as what it once was. No, but I do no, remember twenty seventeen. 
<sighs> I mean, you look back, that te- that was the first overall defense in football. Yeah, Everyone oh, yeah. talks about oh, yeah, the Jaguars' yeah, yeah, yeah. defense from that year. Well, the Vikings' defense was – they had 15 points per game. They were on a legion of boom type of levels yeah, oh, just without the boom. The Jaguars, man. A lot of people saying – Talk about a supernova, dude. The 2017 Jaguars. What a run. Oh, they burn hot. They, and then they burn out. They were quick. a they were a blue super giant. And the thing about those, they burn real hot for ten million years, and then they just explode. Like meanwhile, our sun's gonna go on. It'll be ten billion years old by the time it dies out. Right. Flash in the pan. Those Jacksonville Jaguars. I think of you know what else I think of in terms of just teams that really teams that I thought should have been a lot better, but. I think of like your Dolphins last year. I thought that team should have been so much better. It should have been. Yeah. Look, knowing what we know now, maybe it makes sense that they yeah. that they, you know, were a terrible to start the season. Yep. But the one team that I really thought should have been a lot better, and it's amazing how bad they were, were the 2017 New York Giants. That was, I don't even remember the 2017 New York Giants. So t- 2017, obviously, it's a great year if you're an Eagles fan. Not a was great. It, uh, the, when was Saquon drafted? It was, was it, the 20, year it was the year before. It was the year before. Okay. okay. So yep, yep, the 2017 yep, yep. New York Giants, I had picked to go to the NFC Championship game because the year before they were 11 and five, second in the division. They had lost to the Packers in the playoff game, but I was like, you know what? Eli Manning was, you know, put up some good numbers. They got Ben McAdoo. You know, it, you know, they, I think they got a ben good defense. Ben McAdoo. Jesus Christ. Their first three games of the season, they lose to Dallas 19 to three. Nah, that stinks. But again, Dallas was coming off a 13-3 season. A lot of people expected Dallas to be very good. Lose at home against Detroit on Monday Night Football. You're 0-2 at this point. Now at that point, at that point, once you're 0-2, your season's kind of teetering. You can't go to 0-3. Everyone knows if you go to 0-3, you're bong effed. You're you're not getting out of that. They go to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They come back after being down early in that game. They take the lead. The Eagles tie the game late. And then the Jake Elliott 61-yard yes. field goal kick. I will never forget where I was for that. I yeah. believe that kick not only propels the Eagles to what they end up doing, yeah, but I think it sunk the New York Giants. Because <laughs> after that, they started off that season 1-8 and eight, with one win coming against the Denver Broncos of all teams. They would win one more game that year, or they would win two more games that year, one of which against the Kansas City Chiefs. 12-9 to nine in overtime. I don't know what the hell Andy Reid was doing that day. Alex Smith was the quarterback for the Chiefs, so there's no Patrick Mahomes to wonder about. Oh, yeah, right. Actually, there was. Patrick Mahomes was he on was the on bench. He was on the team. Yeah, he no, he was just back up. Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, the 3-13 and 13, is the most wrong I've ever been about a team, which is incredible because for as wrong as I was about the Giants, I was dead-on accurate about the Cowboys that year. Dude, the, the, the NFC East w- – is a terrible division. I know it is. Because what the what the hell? They go from like one one year one team's thirteen and three. The next year they suck. Then it's just there's nothing makes sense. Nothing is consistent. They're all over the goddamn. There hasn't place. been a repeat winner since the since two thousand one to two thousand four. The Philadelphia Eagles. And so it's what? just like the, the past couple of years, it just feels like okay, whichever team is going to be nine and six is going to be the team that goes on. What are you talking about? Whichever nine team, and seven. whichever team is six and eleven is going to win the division. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's like, dude, come on. Get it together. To, I don't know what to tell you. There was a time when that division truly was the best in football. In the in the mid two thousands. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd agree. Those Eagles, Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, Cowboys, Giants, even Redskins, Cowboys. Redskins for like a couple years. 
Yeah, they like, were always still. A, here's the thing: they weren't very good, but they were a pain in the ass for the rest of us to deal with. They, yeah, well, they, divisionally, that's that's a divisional game. Like, I mean, that's what happens. As bad as of a quarterback as he was, Jason Campbell always found a way to keep a game close. I don't know how he did it. Jason he always Campbell. found a way to keep a game close Jesus. with the Eagles. Jesus, Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell, yeah. Wow. Shout out. But I mean, there, I mean, if you go back in those mid two thousands, I mean, the Eagles, oh yeah, the Eagles were the shit. Eagles and they were Giants. going toe to toe with the Giants. They were going toe to toe with Dallas. It was yeah. Dallas was cool. would come up, you know, every so then, you know, yeah. Most of, all of two thousand nine, they were. It great. was fun. 2008 was one of my favorite years for the NFC East. That year, the Cowboys started off 8 and 4. The Giants were on their way to a 12 and 4 season. They were 10 and 2. The Eagles were sputtering along and then never forget this stretch. The Cowboys, Jemmy, I mean, you want us to talk about disaster. They were 8 and 4. They finished that season 9 and 7, and the capper was when the Eagles got hot down the stretch including beating the Giants at the Meadowlands, which is one of my favorite regular season games of all time. It's not a very talked-about game in Eagles history. Eagles 2008, 20-14 victory over the New York Giants. It was a big win, huge win for the Eagles. And at that time, I think the Giants were I think the Giants were just coming off the Plexco Burris incident at the bar. Oh, right, 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 where he shot himself. But the yeah. Week 17 game, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a friend. His name was Mike. He was the biggest Cowboys fan, and our dream was to have the Eagles and Cowboys play on the last day of the season for a spot to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened in 2008. Week 17 in Philadelphia, Terrell Owens, Tony Romo, and the Eagles. You all know the story. 44-6. to mm-hmm. It is, without question, the most enjoyable regular season win in Eagles history. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that is a Silver Linings playbook game. It is a Silver Linings Playbook game. Yep. Yeah, Robert De Niro, forty-four to six. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was it Great was awesome. Film. And then the Eagles. I mean, they then go to Minnesota in round one of the playoffs, beat Tavares Jackson and Adrian Peterson and the Vikings. Jesus that, Christ! I don't know what the hell happened to the NFC North that year that you let Tavares Jack. Well, that year the Giant Lions. I, went- I don't know what's going on in your brain that you know Tavares Jackson off the top of your head. I just remember Chris Clemens picking him up and thrashing him into the ground on an Asante Samuel pick six in that playoff game. Like. Jesus. The Lions went 0-16 that year with Dan Orlovsky as their quarterback. Yeah. The Packers, that was the first year post-Favre. <laughs> they went 5-11. Was that the year 11. where he ran out of the back of the end zone? Yeah, against the Vikings. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jared Allen's just like, hey, hey, he's out. And then and the announcer's like, poor guy, he doesn't even know it. Right. <laughs> first year for the what? Packers without Brett. What else Brett, can you say? Yeah, first year with Packers without Brett Favre. Uh. They had some guy named Aaron Rodgers. They were terrible. Yeah, everyone, the everyone, young kid. Yeah. Everyone knew that Aaron Rodgers was a bum after the that. California kid. Yeah. And then the Chicago Bears who the Eagles lost to that year, I think were just another meddling team because that was their first year of Jay Cutler on right. the team. And Jay Cutler, a very passionate football guy. He really cares. J- Chicago Bear Jay Cutler is my favorite Jay Cutler. You'd, you'd, How could you not? I mean, you'd hear him mic'd up, like, yelling at his own lineman. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. If I could do a modern tragedy, like a team that should have been in the Super Bowl but didn't get there, the 2010 Chicago Bears should have been in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. They were ten and four at mm. one point. Jay Cutler got hurt at the thumb injury, and yes. I forget who they had to turn to as their quarterback. I think it might have been a McCown brother, and it just was. Mm. It That's was your problem right there. NFC Championship game. Yeah. Going against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. No one knew who Aaron Rodgers really was at that point. Oh, they found out that night. They found out pretty soon after. Yeah, they who found Aaron out pretty Rodgers quick. Was. Yeah. No, dude. One of my. I. I, I believe it was th- that season. Maybe the next season. 
where there was a game. It was a, it was a night game. I don't remember, dude. My memory's not like yours, for Christ's sake, with this type of shit. Um, but I remember Clay Matthews sacking Jay Cutler three separate times. I mean, Clay Matthews... That, he, it was one of those years where Clay Matthews was just going off. And I mean, he was like the poster boy for the NFL for a good for few years. For a couple years. of seasons, yeah. yeah. And no, dude, I remember one one of the sacks, he wrapped up Jay Cutler. And Jay Cutler did a thing a lot of quarterbacks do, which is natural. You just turtle up because you know that you're you're getting hit. So it's just like, whatever. You know, like the guy's got his arms around me already. I'm just going to go down. I'm not going to try to stay up yep. and get hurt. And Clay Matthews just said, nah. And he lifted him back up and turned his whole body to slam him on the ground, which would be a penalty today. Oh, I mean, and that is why the NFL is ruined. I'm just kidding, but no, uh, it was it was gnarly. It was gnarly. It was pretty insane. Here's what one football was, game that an I remember very fondly from the 2008 season that I think that you'll enjoy when I okay. bring it up. Yes, uh, say I, it. It was a four o'clock game. Um, mm. It was week 14. The Eagles had already played that day, and I remember putting on the TV, and CBS happened to be showing the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins game, okay, and I decided I, right. I decided to watch the game. And it was a low-scoring affair, but the Dolphins won the game 16-3 to over the Bills. But one thing I remember was in the third quarter, it was the kicker, Dan Carpenter, yes. hit a 50-yard field goal. And the enti- all the announcers are going like, it's hard to kick a, f- a field goal this long in Miami. You know, it's at the sea level and everything. I mean, when I say he booted that thing through, he could have hit it from dude, 80 yards, it looked Dan like. Dan Carpenter had a leg. He had a cannon. He and had then, a leg, dude. And then that was the day that I got to watch my first Miami Dolphins-Chad Pennington game, and efficient as efficient. If I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, he finished that game with 184 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, and a good completion percentage. And I just remember thinking, like, that is the the model of efficiency, Chad Pennington. I have a Chad Pennington story. Super nice guy. We met him. I'm trying to remember. It might have been Arizona. Could be wrong, though. Regardless, um, he was on Miami at this time. um, And we were literally just sitting in a hotel lobby. Because, as some don't know, my father... uh, The the, The Super Dolphins fan. The Super Dolphins fan. I mean, to an insane extent. Um, That's what I love about your father. How much of a... Passion he has for that team, dude. It's insane. I mean, for the people that know him, it's it's absolutely insane. But it's why we why I love Dolphins as well. Um, but yeah, uh, we went and and we would go to a game every year. We still do. We're going to the L.A. Chargers game this year. I'm very excited in Los Angeles. Herbert, Tua. It's going to be a lot of fun. SoFi Stadium. Very much looking forward to it. Um, but at the time, my father had to connect with the Miami Dolphins, which is a story that for another day. Maybe it's for today. Maybe we'll tell that one later. Um, but anyway, regardless, somehow, I don't know how he did it. Uh, an HVAC technician from Philadelphia <laughs> somehow knew the information of where the Miami Dolphin players will be staying every year. And so we would go to the game. It's a hell of a contact your father had. Book the hotel that they were in, and we just hang out in the lobby. And players would just sometimes walk around, and you get autographs. Would you be wearing your dog? Oh, wear- yeah, all the time. I've met, met Zach Thomas multiple times, Wes Welker when he was with the Miami Dolphins, Jason Taylor. There's a photo of my brother on Jason Taylor's shoulders, I believe, um, somewhere. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. It's gnarly. Um, Jason Taylor once visited my father's hotel room. Is your brother a Dolphins fan? Oh, my God, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, going off the rails. one point, we're sitting there, we're hanging out. Chad Pennington walks by. We go over. We got it. It's the quarterback. I mean, we got to say hi to him. So, as a lot of people know, Chad Pennington used to play for the New York Jets. He's a very good quarterback for the New York Jets. I argue they're best quarterback of all time because what? I mean, what, Joe Namath 
Yeah, because of one season. Yeah, guaranteed that Super Bowl win. Yeah, cool. Whatever. I don't Chad care. Chad was a good quarterback. He just had bad luck with injuries. That's true. He was very injury prone. But we met him. My dad, being the the master of social cues as he is, walks up to Chad Pennington. We're talking to him, and he goes, "You know, Chad, I gotta tell you, I I used to really hate you." Says it to the man, because he was like, "Because you're on the Jets, and you always kick the shit out of us." And Chad Pennington said, "I'd hate me too." <laughs> and then continued to talk to my father and hang out and just be a really nice guy. Couldn't have been nicer. It just turns into a casual conversation. Oh with yeah, him. Chad Pennington. Like he seemed like a guy you would just like bump into at a bar and just you could just talk just to talk him. to him. Those are the best super guys. nice. Guy. Those are the guys that never forgot where they came from. But only complaint about Chad Pennington is this: you got all that money, just just buy a decent haircut, dude. <laughs> what the fuck was that? He never. He always had bad hair. What was that? Was it what was it a bowl cut? Was it a a a, 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 a crew cut? It was a bad cut, is what it was. It was yeah, it was a, a mid two thousands middle schooler haircut. But he, he didn't even like. Here's the thing: every time I saw Chad Pennington, I just always thought that guy doesn't even look like an NFL quarterback. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Then he go out there and he beats the Jets he on the final day well. of the season, he, and he yeah. gets the Dolphins into the playoffs to play the Baltimore Ravens. He played very well. He he was yeah a, a big fan, big big fan. But no, I have tons of stories about my Dolphin players. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll save those for I guess for another day. Well, I'll tell you this: it's, it's almost getting time to wind things down. This is basically just this is definitely the football episode. You can tell just how amped Cameron and I are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every time you get to this part of the year, you, the countdown to that Sunday, Week One begins. Yeah. I've got my eye on it. Eagles in Detroit. Dolphins are taking on the Patriots again. And for here's the best. Here's why I love it. Because right now, his Dolphins, Cameron's Dolphins, can win the Super Bowl, just as high of odds. As my Philadelphia Eagles, I I find them both in very similar situations. I think they are. They did. I, they had the great off seasons. The quarterbacks are in very much prove it years, and that's what it is to me. They had both had great off seasons. Our our coaching staff is brand new. Yours is only a second year in. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it it really comes down to one guy. Can it's the quarterback good. perform? If so, you have a successful football team. If I had to bet right now, just because I'm a I'm a homer. I do think Jalen Hurts will have the better year, but I also think that Tua is going to prove that he belongs in the NFL. I, I don't know. So I don't know if the Miami Dolphins will be so bought into him after this year, but I believe that he does belong in the NFL. I do think he's a good quarterback. I just think that you give him an offensive line, and now you've given him a true, a true playmaker in Tyreek Hill to go with. Yeah, people are also forgetting Cedric Wilson too. I forgot that he left Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's a big loss for the mm-hmm. Cowboys. Cedric Wilson was a great player for them last he year. He was he's the silent like everyone's obviously talking about Tyreek Hill because how could you not? But Cedric Wilson was kind of the the really good sneaky free agent signing that if they made. Really good. You guys are trying to clearly become a vertical offense. Oh yeah, it's Mike McDaniels. I mean he's yeah. he's trying to make a an a, a you don't know what the hell's gonna happen offense. And, it, I, you know, and Cedric I, I Wilson's a great piece to have. Yeah, that really well could be like the big one that you like. Guys I think added. everyone's going to be looking at Tyreek Hill, but I think that that Cedric Wilson signing is going to be the, the difference maker. Yeah, could everyone's going to be looking maker. at Tyreek Hill, including the defenses, and then Cedric Wilson's going to do exactly what he could do because mm-hmm. he had C.D. Lamb on one side and Amari Cooper on the other. He's going to beat up on got, defenses. Now he's got Jalen Wild on Tyreek Hill. J- Jalen. Oh, J- <laughs> yeah, you forgot about Jalen Wild, didn't you? I yeah. might have thousand yards rookie season. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. People, I'm telling you, people are going to forget about Quez Watkins in Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't think they're exactly comparable, but yes. No, 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 no. Hear me, hear me. I don't think they're comparable either. <laughs> yes. But I'm saying you got Devontae Smith on one side, who's yeah, a very AJ good Brown wide receiver. Yeah. AJ Brown on the other. You have a top ten tight end in Dallas Goddard, mm-hmm. and you have Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell. Quez Watkins, some poor schlep of a linebacker is going to get put on him. Yeah, they're going to get, and he's yeah. going to burn him yeah. badly. If Sirianni is creative, you can you can hide him in ways, and, oh, and yeah. yeah, no, and uh, yeah, dude, like. Dallas Goddard, can can some guy, somebody get him some stick him? Because the guy, he can run routes well. He's extremely athletic. Drop's got to stop. Hang on the ball, bro. He's got to hang on to the ball. Hang on to the ball. We love you. <laughs> For Cameron Klein, my name is Justin Goddard. This has been the Fly Guys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fly Guy, at the or at Fly Guys Podcast, at Goodhart Justin, at Cameron Klein 15. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else if I'm – Forgetting. I do want to say something really quick before we completely sign off and do a whole non-flyers thing. I do want to apologize before we move on to Nick Delorier because I felt like I was kind of hard on him last time. And I want to say this. It's not his fault that the team is built terribly. That's not his fault. The guy's wearing orange and black. I've always been the guy who roots for the players and not for the management. And I'm going to do that with Nick Delorier. Perhaps. Nick, welcome to Philadelphia. I hope you do well. It's not your fault that that Chuck Fletcher doesn't know what he's doing. I should and, probably uh, apologize, too. Yes, it's yeah. not about Nick DeLaurier being Because he's, he's going to be what he's going to be. He's going to wear the heart on his sleeve. He's going to play hard. That's what Nick is going to do. So, God bless you. Bring it to Broad. Maybe. <sighs> Chuck not. Fletcher, what a GM. Be happy, be healthy. <sighs> and as always, let's go Flyers. Flyers.